Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of A Word from the Lord. Today, Archbishop Foley Beach brings us a message entitled, Compassion Unpacked. Here now is our speaker for A Word from the Lord, Archbishop Foley Beach. Isn't the presence of the Lord wonderful? Mm. If you have your Bible, if you'd open with me, please, to Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 36. Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 36. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman And said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her sins... Her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Our Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your compassion and for your love. And as we now open your word this morning, we ask that you'd send the Holy Spirit, the teacher, the counselor, to impart to us the knowledge you would have us have and apply in our lives this day. And it's in Jesus' name and for his glory that we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Our text this morning from Luke chapter 7 reveals the compassion of God to those of us who in humility will come to Him in faith. I would like us to unpack the compassion of God as seen in this story with Jesus in the home of this Pharisee. A Pharisee is having a dinner party and he invites Jesus to join him. Now we're not told why Jesus was invited. After all, he was pretty hard on the Pharisees. 
See, the Pharisees were like modern-day political party within first-century Ju Judaism. They were set apart from regular Jews and were to abide by a more stringent requirement in their spirituality. They were to live life more devoted to God, and they thought their attempts to be righteous would earn favor with God. But their focus became an outward formal action, what I do on the outside, not what was going on in the heart or the righteousness of the act. They were always in Jesus' face, attacking him with questions and trying to dismiss his teaching. Luke 15 tells us that they did not understand why Jesus would eat and have fellowship with tax collectors and sinners. They accused Jesus of doing his miracles by the power of the devil in Luke chapter 11. And in Luke chapter 19, they eventually plot on how they might kill him. Jesus was pretty tough on the Pharisees. He said about them in this passage from Matthew 5.20, I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. He said this to them in Luke chapter 11, verse 39. Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But give what is inside to the poor, and everything will be clean to you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth. He was calling them foolish people. And then he says, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former unwelcome. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which men walk over without knowing it. Then in Matthew 23, verse 13, he says this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. Woe to you, blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools. Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And then in Matthew 23, 23, you blind guides. You strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. You testify against yourselves that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of sin of your forefathers, you snakes, you brood of vipers. How will you escape being condemned to hell? Blind guides blind fools. 
you hypocrites, you snakes, woe to you. Pretty strong words Jesus gave the Pharisees. Actually, though, there were many Pharisees who were godly and spiritual men. Some sat under Jesus' teaching. Some asked him serious questions. Some asked him to dinner in their homes like the man in this passage. But many were not righteous and were not spiritual. They needed God. You and I need to be careful that we do not become 21st century Pharisees. Like them, many of us know the Word of God. Like them, many of us have taken a serious stand on the Word of God. Like them, many of us have seen or experienced spiritual ignorance or oppression by religious leaders. We must be careful that we do not become judgmental and self-serving. Phariseeism can creep into your life very gently, and before you know it, you sound like these harsh critics of Jesus, and you miss the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. We must not be people who practice the teaching of the Bible and then forget about the Holy Spirit and leave out justice and the love of God. As Jesus said, we must practice the one without neglecting the other. So Jesus is at a dinner party <clears throat> given by a Pharisee. And we're told that a sinful woman comes into the party to where Jesus was reclining at the table and stands behind him. Now it was obvious that she lived a sinful lifestyle. Probably the whole town knew her business. But she comes in to where Jesus is reclining at the table. Now they didn't sit at the table like we do today when we eat dinner. They reclined. Sort of like laying on one side with your feet stretched out and you're leaning on an elbow and you use the other hand and you just kind of feet. And your feet are kind of laid out, angled out behind you. Well, he's reclining at the table and this woman comes up and stands behind him. And she begins to weep with such intensity that her tears fall on Jesus' feet. Now, why would she be weeping? Why would she be crying? Probably because she had heard Jesus' preaching and teaching and was converted. She was now penitent and remorseful of her actions. She's overwhelmed with conviction and gratitude of God's forgiveness to her. And she plays the role of the servant, washing Jesus' feet with her tears, wiping them with her hair, and then she pours on him a bottle of sweet-smelling lotion. This is quite an event. I mean, imagine that happening to you. Kind of different. By the way, we're not told that Jesus actually knew the woman. You kind of get the impression that he didn't. Well, this is too much for the Pharisee in whose house Jesus is at, having the dinner party. He thinks to himself, if this man were really a prophet, he'd know who it is that's touching him. She's a sinner. More specifically, she's a harlot. And a prophet would never defile himself by allowing that kind of person to touch him. Now remember, he's thinking this. Just like we think things about other people, we shouldn't. We forget that our thoughts are understood by God and that He hears all. We forget that God is just, concern, just as concerned with our thoughts as He is with our actions and our words. 
We forget that it's easy to come to the conclusions and judge somebody without really knowing the whole story. So the Pharisee's thinking this, and he doesn't say a word. And then Jesus asks him a question, verse 41. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Two men owe a lot of money on their credit cards. One owes money equaling 500 days of work. That's what a denarii was. It's equal to a day's work of pay. The other owes money equaling 50 days of work. And neither had the money to repay. So the president of the company releases them from their debt. Now neither one owes them a thing. To whom will it mean more? The one who owes money equaling 500 days of work or the one who owes money equaling 50 days? Simon, we now know the Pharisee's name. His name was Simon. Answers, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt that was canceled. And Jesus tells Simon that he answered correctly and then he applies this illustration to the woman who's still crying at Jesus' feet. Verse 44, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Simon, you didn't offer me the basic hospitality conferred on any guest in your home. Yet this sinner has gone overboard in giving what you've neglected. Simon, you did not give an inch of courtesy afforded to any guest in your home, yet this woman has given so much in her brokenness. Simon, her sins are forgiven. Simon, she who has been forgiven much, loves much. Simon, he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Sadly, I think Simon represents many modern-day church people. We who have been brought up in the church or have been in church for a while can get caught up in our righteousness or our righteous behavior. We're used to, we get, or we get used to living in the presence of a holy God. We get used to His presence in our lives and His peace in our lives. And then someone comes into the fellowship who's been recently converted. And they were living in the ways of the world. And they are so grateful for all that God has done. And they're so excited and they're so dedicated in their service to the Lord. And they get so enthusiastic about God and His work. You see, they've been forgiven much. And that's reflected in their love and outpouring toward God. They've had a radical change and they're grateful. I've known many a person like this. They love Jesus and it doesn't matter what others think because they now have forgiveness and they now have peace in their life. They have joy in their life. They have the God, love of God in their life. And it's so radically different from what they've known. And sadly, what too many modern Christians do is judge and condemn these people 
rather than loving them and embracing them. After all, none of us deserve the forgiveness of God. None of us can earn His grace and His favor. None of us can claim title to the kingdom of God. I am who I am by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. I am who I am by the grace of God in Jesus and what He's done on the cross. Then Jesus says to the woman, Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He releases her of her spiritual debts and tells her that she's been saved. Well, this is too much for the other guests at the party watching all this. And they begin to talk among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Who is this who even forgives sins? And this is the real crux of it, isn't it? Who is this person who forgives sins? Who can forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. I can't forgive sins. You can't forgive sins. The president can't forgive sins. The bishop can't forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. What looks like a veiled claim to be God in our eyes comes across like a newspaper headline from their perspective when Jesus tells this woman her sins are forgiven. They knew that only God has the authority to forgive sins. As a pastor and as a youth minister over the years, I've had the privilege to pray with many people who desired God to forgive their sins. I've prayed with businessmen and athletes. I've prayed with drug addicts and alcoholics. I've prayed with the well-educated and the non-educated. I've prayed with the wealthy and the poor. I've prayed with the church and the unchurched. And they all had one thing in common. They realized they had sinned and were in need of God's forgiveness in their lives. Perhaps there's someone here this morning who needs to pray this day. I want to assure you that God's love is bigger than your sin. I want to assure you that God, when you come to Him in remorse and repentance, that God is always on your side. Maybe you're like this woman in the story. And your life abounds with many known sins. Or maybe your life abounds with many unknown sins. Or maybe you're like Simon the Pharisee. You're religious. You abide by the rules. You know right and wrong. But your heart is hardened. And your mind is filled with a selfish view of the kingdom of God. What God can do for me. What God can do for my needs alone. This is a wonderful story in the life of Jesus. And it hits each of us in different ways. But God wants to be real to you. He doesn't want us playing games and being church and doing all these nice religious things. They're wonderful and they help us in our relationship with Him. But He wants us to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk. Moment by moment. So if there's anything in our life that's blocking us that gets in the way, we need to deal with it. We need to open ourselves to what God would do if we'll just let go and give it to Him. So I want to invite you to join me in prayer this morning. Maybe you'll pray along or maybe you'll pray your own prayer. Let's pray together.
Our Father, we thank you so much for what you've done for us in Jesus. And I pray for each of us that you will keep us from becoming self-righteous, self-centered Christians. Help us, Lord, each of us, myself included, to serve you for your sake, not for all the benefits. To love others for your sake, not to be loved back. To give for your sake, not to receive. And Father, if there's someone here whose life is filled with sin, known or unknown, I pray that you'll give them the courage to come before you and surrender that to you, that they might know your forgiveness. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name, and I pray it for his glory. Amen. Hi, this is Foley Beach, and I want to thank you for listening to A Word from the Lord. I'm so grateful that we have this privilege of bringing the Word of God to you. If you're listening today and the Lord is speaking to your heart, the Lord is is drawing you to Him. I want to invite you to open yourself to Him, to open your heart, to invite Him to come and and live in your life. It's really a simple prayer. Uh, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are the Lord. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I've messed up, and I ask your forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, I want you to come and live in my life. So I invite you. I open myself to you. Come and indwell me in your presence. It's not a difficult prayer, but it has to be a sincere prayer. It has to be something that you intend to do and follow up on. And perhaps I'm speaking to somebody as well today who is a believer, and you're not where God wants you to be. Are you straight off the path? Are you living in disobedience or in sin right now and you know it's wrong? Or he's asked you to do something and and you refuse to do it. Why not today say, yes, Lord? Why not today do what he wants you to do or stop doing what he doesn't want you to do and get your life right to him? Life's too short. It goes by so quick. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day the Lord wants to speak to you, to bless you, to guide you, to strengthen you. And this is my prayer for you this day. And the whole reason we at A Word from the Lord broadcast this radio program is that God might speak into your life that you might be the person He's called you to be. was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's message and previously aired messages, where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. Awordfromthelord.org has audio archives of Foley Beach's one-minute radio feature and much more. So visit awordfromthelord.org for audio, articles, and information about the ministry. You can find A Word from the Lord on Facebook, and be sure to click the Like button to follow our feed on Facebook. You'll want to be sure to visit Foley's blog at bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. On the blog, you can read the many articles posted by Dr. Beach. Many of these blog entries are excerpts and full articles published in local publications. You can also follow Foley on Twitter, 
His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at a word from the Lord.org. Again, his email is foleybeach at a word from the Lord.org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A Word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. And we thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.